someone asks him the question that he's just spent the last five minutes answering. Like, so he's just said, he's just basically just gone on this, 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 he's talked about how, how, you know, he still feels like, uh, not a beginner on the guitar, but he's, he's chasing all of these sounds in his head. And so he's always feels like he's trying to catch up and actually feel like he's yeah. a good guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably didn't use those words. And then he finished, like I said, this beautiful, expressive, accurate yeah. sort of rhetoric of why he feels that way yeah. and how he's technically, you know, not inept, but he felt like, you know, God, you know. And to me, to people who watch him play, you just go, he's, just, he's, he's freak, phenomenal. Freak, freak like, of nature. So <laughs> expressive and so much uh, command. It's just, it's it's exciting and to watch. He's one of those people, know. it looks so effortless, Yeah, I find. There's yeah. some people you can really, you know, it's, yeah. oh, it's, it's, yeah. it looks... Like they're sweating. <laughs> they're sweating in yeah. a really... But no. with him, it's just, it sort of he, seems like just, he's just having just, fun. And it's just, like a flow, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like it's coming through this sort of thing, you know. Mm. And this guy says to him, just so you're so technically proficient, is there anything that challenges you anymore? And he's everyone's like, well, just going, oh, you know, the guitar clinics, everyone's just going, oh man. He's just spent the last five minutes just talking about you. that. <laughs> you know, so, but along the lines of, you know, chasing sounds, yeah, I yeah, think sure. that's, I think the, the more you play and the older that you get, if you're an artist, yeah. you, you hear things, you go, oh God, I can't play that. I really would love to be able to play this thing I hear in my head. And you yeah. chase that so you this whole idea of i think when you're a younger guitar player and you're using the metronome and you're doing all these really quantified <coughs> things to develop your bass and your technique and you know all that sort of stuff which is good it's all part of your process i think um, yeah. to get to you know to work towards that point that at some point along the road that sort of goes out the window a little bit as to whether you could do you know 16 <coughs> notes ultimate picking 160 beats doesn't matter anymore yeah just go, like, <laughs> who really cares yeah but it's your own personal thing but yeah it's all about the music and the vision and yeah. i think that's what makes really great artists you know that's uh i guess that's um the concept of learning the rules before you can break them right? yeah yeah you yeah, do yeah, have well, to put in groundwork in i think so i, th I think uh, music, i heard a, else, I, guess. I heard a quote once which I'm sorry to say that I can't remember who said it, but it was, I was listening to um, ABC Classical of 106, which I used to listen to a lot and still still do actually when I'm driving and things like that. And it was a, a composer t basically said that their uh, music that's pure emotion is meaningless because it won't have any sort of technical yeah. uh, uh, sure. go forward. Music that's purely technical is just as meaningless as that that's pure... Yeah. Pure emotion. Yeah. Right. You've got to where, find a middle ground. Where somewhere. it meets in the middle is when yeah. it becomes really special. Yeah. And it's something that I've sort of held in my mind, particularly when I'm teaching to and talking and working with students at JMC and that sort of thing about, about you know, writing their own music. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's it's that working back from that end point of trying to make something really beautiful and using that nice balance of the two. It's almost like your technique is this lovely conduit to have this emotional, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, incredibly difficult and fleeting and yeah. hard to get sort of thing. Yeah. But that's yeah. in my mind, that's the yeah. that's that's the gold. So if you can get that, it's uh, really exciting. Whenever you hear something, you go, "Man, that's incredible guitar playing." You know, you only sort of say that for a minute, yeah. and you go, "Oh yeah, it's really good guitar playing." Yeah. 
Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, know, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to sort of hearing, you know, something going, just like, I love this. I love mm. this. I could listen to this all day. Yeah. You know, what about the yeah. guitar playing? I don't know. I kind of didn't even really notice it. I just heard this so it's all, sound. It all worked to sound. Worked yeah. Together, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. the first time I heard Eric yeah. Johnson's um, Cliffs of Dover mm. on uh, the Guitar Player Magazine sound page. Do you guys remember those? The CDs that came with it? No. Was it? Vinyl. Oh, you guys vinyl. Okay, too, that's too, for my days. Uh, too young for that. <laughs> guitar, guitar Player Magazine used to, <laughs> used to come out with a, 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 a thin vinyl. vinyl record, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, right. It was a Guitar Player sound page. Okay. And so you'd wait for this thing to come out because it was always like four months late. And anyway, I remember uh, putting on Eric, Eric Johnson was on the cover, I think it's about 1986, and uh, go, oh God, everyone talks about Eric Johnson. I've never heard him. We put on this Cliffs of Dover. It, it's just like, it, it was sublime, that sound. You know, and and the way he played, like just that. Another guy, it, just it so effortless. Just this, so effortless, yeah. And what comes out is this thing. Yeah. It's like this this total expression. You know, it's really quite for me. That was, you know, I don't yeah. even hear the guitar playing so much. I just hear all these incredible sounds that this person's making. You go, yeah. oh, God, this is incredible. You know, yeah. I guess it's a balance of left side, right side brain. Yeah, of, um, you know, the mathematics and technique thing, and then pure yeah creativity on the other side. Yeah, uh, I've talked about this with other people. How it's not just like music play but also when it comes to the music business mm. side of things mm. like there's amazing players that no one's ever heard of because mm. they they don't know how to promote themselves they can't they? talk to people and yeah, yeah. how to sell yeah. it yeah. and then no, no. you see these cheesy covers bands and then an RSL club that yeah. probably shouldn't be playing there no, yeah. they have matching sequin vests and stuff <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with that <laughs> oh, I think, <laughs> I think so they're, they're like two extremes but when they again when they meet in the middle and yeah. you've you got a greater artist that can actually sell themselves or at least get yeah. help to sell themselves yeah yeah that's when that music business actually yeah. i think it's um, successful yeah, yeah definitely i think um so. another great saying i heard not so long ago um was that you know at the center of everything that happens to you in your life is one there's one constant and that's you that's you yeah and so oh, if right, you yeah. if you're always you know there's a lot of external stuff and we talk about particularly like with guitar players i remember hearing guthrie govan talk about this in an interview he sounded a bit sour about you know people were just they rate they just sort of rave how amazing he is and I'm sure he was sick of it 20 years ago about yeah, how yeah, yeah. like you are so good why aren't you famous and he's oh god yeah that's you, you know what I mean like <laughs> he's, he, he, Steve, I'm pretty sure I read an interview about with Steve Vai about that too like yeah. the Passion Warfare it almost didn't get released yeah because he had a record deal it was all happening the A&R person who really believed in it was gone the next person came and said what's this shit and then goes and it almost didn't all go through and there's yeah. a big story about that in the front of um, the transcription book of, of Passion Warfare sure, okay. yeah okay. which is uh, really cool and um, but uh, yeah and he was talking about sort of saying he was a bit he didn't sound. He sounded a little jaded about it, and I don't know whether it was he was because he was sick of people asking him that all the time. But if you look at the aristocrats and his his original stuff, it's pretty clear why the whole world doesn't get into it hmm. because it's quite developed music. It's not, and if you not look commercial what, music, yeah, there exactly. Yeah. And so the the if you look at what's in the mainstream, it's like children's music was yeah fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is terrible. It's it's it's, it's now, so. Yeah. Yeah. So awful, and uh, but yet people communicate with it. That becomes their staple. They hear something like Guthrie Govan or instrumental guitar music, and they go, "It's it's not it's not real music. There's no one singing. 
you know, there's no one. Where's the hook? Sorry, Where's the hook? Be, can't be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forget about it. It can't be. You know, I suppose it's yeah. one of the beautiful things about living in this day and age is that there is yeah. there are avenues for that music to be out there and for for people who enjoy that music. Mm. You know, so yeah. I think that's that's really cool. There's always been pretty average pop music through all the decades, but that just gets filtered out, and everyone remembers like great stuff mm. from the fifties and sixties. Yeah. Through today. Oh yeah. So there's always nostalgia with it. Oh, it was so good back in that. Yeah. Eighties. <laughs> I want to hear the eighties stuff now. I go, a dozen oh, bands. I don't want to. Man, that a dozen bands from the sixties. Everyone yeah. loves. Yeah. So Heaps like, that were really crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think yeah. I know. yeah. Well, the problem is now it's harder to filter stuff out because everything is in your sure. face yeah. with people like us and YouTube <laughs> <laughs> and me too. Like it's all out there. You know, it's no. There's no sort of. Yeah, Maybe uh, just filtering out now. Yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> get searching a bit more. Yeah, I don't know. It's all it's all there, isn't it? So. But uh, I'd have been slightly underground with the genre. There always every sort of every few years something new underground comes to the yeah. forefront yeah. of pop stuff. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And Santana first had his you know relaunch stuff with um, yeah. Rob Thomas and that all that kind of. Yeah, I think I think that gave him his the greatest. Of all his successes, oh, yet and yet, was was definitely yeah, catalyst. Yeah, under, yeah, but underneath that, though, he'd made a name as being this guitar mm. uh, legend and virtuoso no. um, through the seventies. But mm. you know, and he would have been a successful guy. But no. really, that kind of it seemed to put him into the stratosphere. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But the whole, the whole, no, obviously, someone had. You know, or he'd gone, it'd be great to work with some pop players, mm. you know, who are much younger than me, because it keeps him current too, which yeah. I think is fantastic, yeah. you know, yeah. really energetic and, you know, it's awesome. So, yeah, no, it's interesting stuff. And then there's other things like swing and, like, oh, there's that swing revival of like 90s. Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> with I mean, the old swing. No, like the um, Big Bad Voodoo Daddies, that kind of yeah. rockabilly oh, swing the, thing. The, the yeah, cherry yeah. popping daddies. Yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. I think good so players, that stuff. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. cool great band. It's always been underground. Every now and then it comes yeah. to grab sort of pop music for six months or yeah. a year or whatever. Yeah. And then it'll go underground again. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. This, yeah. If, yeah. That thing of being underground is always going to be there. Yeah. And then the people that love it are us going to gravitate towards. Yeah. Finding it, I guess. But it's also too when it gets really popular, people who loved it when it's underground just go, I don't like that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah. just as fickle. <laughs> they're just as fickle as a pop market. So, yeah, they are the pop market. I well, guess. they're sold out now. Yeah. 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 Sold out. They're sold out. It's too popular. I don't like <laughs> They actually make a living out of it now. They're sold yeah. out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just done. Not working at McDonald's anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. not real anymore, man. That's yeah. just funny. So, to go, but to, to you know, just to, to actually put some sort of a hello, everyone out there, to put a start and to do the whole thing now yeah. to the podcast. Um, hello, everyone, for listening, by the way. We've got Simon Gardner here today. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, now, Simon, uh, for people that out there that don't know you, you know, in it's sort of a brief description of yourself, you know. Tell everyone about yourself. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> how come you're so efficient? <laughs> so efficient? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm efficient. Uh, you're, you're, you're such a great player. Why haven't you made it really big yet? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, okay. So I'm a guitar player and guitar teacher. Yep. Um, absolutely in love with doing both of those. Um, I always have been. Um, I... Uh, I'm a bit of a guitar nerd. 
well, a lot of a guitar nerd. Sometimes you're, you're good, good company in it. <laughs> but, but other, other times, I'm I'm totally not into it at all. Okay. So I think the the overlord uh, for me is the music. That's the that's always the thing, yeah. and uh, that sound of a of a you know a Les Paul cranked or a Marshall or that type of sound does something to me. Changes like it does for a lot of people. For a lot, yeah, sort of changes right. your body chemistry when it happens. Yeah. You know, it's a really amazing thing. So I, I play in quite a, on the way over here in the car. I said to Cara and my wife, I said, okay, so can you just take note, just take note, because I'm, I'm sure that the guys are going to ask me like what projects I'm involved with at the moment. And so she wrote down all the bands that I'm working at the moment, <laughs> and it, which is really weird. Actually, that's a good question. We should have had some We should have had some prepared. questions. Prepared. Well, I thought, you know. No, we don't have anything prepared. Uh, <laughs> we don't prepare. We don't do prepared stuff so, here. So what projects are you involved in? Yeah, <laughs> yes. so, uh, so we'll anyway, do good uh, editing here. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that great question. I, uh, <laughs> Nailed it. All right. So, uh, so I thought I'd put these down. It was really actually for myself as well to mm. get my head around because quite often, like this last year, I've worked in such a variety of acts with so many different uh, musicians of so many different levels and yeah. proficiencies um, and really great people. I can't think of any of those people I didn't like or got on with well at all. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's been really, really fantastic. And uh, so anyway, so I'll, I'll go through this list, which is really cool. I'm really quite <laughs> proud of this now that I've sort of crystallised it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's Paz Pancho, which is a duo with my wife, Cara, which I absolutely love. And we do like an – she sings, and she sings really nicely. So we do a, a, a like an eclectic – acoustic duo so okay. we just sort of pick stuff that we really like and then just work it into versions of okay. stuff you know so like a oh, like yeah. a version right so we yep. we pick everything from uh you know uh one of my all-time favorite tunes is white rabbit by jefferson airplane okay and um because george benson did a version of that and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. um oh, yeah i don't know if you've heard that but no, it's I yeah I, back in a, when, when i first one of his um, albums is called cool. Didn't he call his one of his albums White Rabbit? Could after have been. It? I think yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's totally. Yeah. I, I just, I just totally in love with it. I don't yeah. know why. After all these years, every time I hear it again, it just sort of does something to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, so it, our repertoire is a little bit like that. Yeah. It's it's sort of stuff we we handpick and go here. Yeah, we really love this. Let's make a song out of it. Make a version of it. So there's some yeah. police stuff there. White Rabbit. Blah blah blah. Yeah, police uh, stuff's really good to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, fabulous. You know, because yeah. trying to like a lot of those sort of you know. Uh, add nine shapes and add two shapes and all that sort of stuff and trying to get them to work within the framework of real of the really great songwriting but mm. trying to actually not you know you know when you just you know so well like when you're You've got you've got a big song. It's got a big arrangement. It's got all these hooks, but it's just you and your guitar. Acoustic guitar. So yeah. What the hell am I going to do here? <laughs> yeah. You know. So you strip it back to its bare bones. Yeah. A great song is always going to be a great song. Yeah. But then you go, oh, I love, because you're a guitar player. You go, oh, I really love these guitar parts Andy Summers did. So how am I going to get that into this? Yeah, you've got to incorporate. And then, it and then you know, the singer might go, or Cara might go, well, that key's not right. So what are you going to do? You're going to find that key. It's like let's do Sweet Home Alabama and uh, E flat. You know, it's like, yay. It's like, no, we're not doing it, right? It's either this or we don't do it. You know? Do you know a guy called Clint Francis, singer? Yes, I do, yeah. Clint? Yeah, I saw Clint's I saw the, him the, down the, with his band. Down thump. The sun. Thump, yeah, fantastic. Thump, yeah, really, yeah. at Sunshine Beach Surf Club a little while ago now, but they were great, yeah. I used to work with him quite a bit, and yeah. he's the king of changing keys. Oh, yeah. But not just from 
generally like going, okay, we're going to do this song in this key. It's like yeah. from gig to gig. Oh, this is a quieter gig. Let's drop it another oh. semitone or a tone. <laughs> Five seconds before the song starts. And, oh, man. Okay, let's, let's, let's play the... Superstition in C sharp. Oh, okay. Yeah. There goes my low E. And they go, you know, there's there goes a big okay. juicy <laughs> run. Oh, no. Actually, AJ did that to us once at a gig. Yeah. Uh, superstition, but he's just he transposed down to E flat on the keyboard. Oh, yeah. But didn't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, no. First band in, just. Yeah, the best clashing sound ever. Oh, semitone, nothing yeah, oh totally. On my, on my, <laughs> fra- on my <laughs> fractal um, on the AX8, when I use that with uh, Revolution, another one of the bands I play, which is band I absolutely love playing. Um, uh, it's like just a hard rock covers band that we, that all the guys in the band put together to just put a set list together of stuff that we just love to play. So we've got yep. everything there from White Snake through to Zeppelin and uh, the Killers and all sorts, just okay. whatever we liked that was under that umbrella of rock to hard rock, heavy rock, was something that if everyone went, yep, we like it, yep. then we rehearse it, we learn it, we do it. And we, it was sort of that thing, well, if we, if we end up just doing one gig... Then that's going to be still heaps of fun that to actually get out and play because no one does this stuff anymore. It seems, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so first gig and everyone's like, "My God, this is amazing!" So we've got this amazing singer, awesome band, um, and um, so we've almost had to turn away more gigs than we've done. Well, we have turned away more gigs than we've done. So um, the response to that has been fantastic. Anyway, further to that, yeah. I use the AX8 because we have to shift keys. Some some of that really high stuff. Some of the um, Cam's an amazing singer. He covers just about all of it, but a lot of what we do in the original keys. So there's Gunners, uh, Motley Crue. So Gunners is an E flat. Yeah. So on my fractal, I use the oh, hit shift. Okay. Like, yeah. Fractal. And so I'd be starting. Uh, <laughs> I'd be starting, and I forget to to you know. It's like Welcome to the Jungle is an E flat, right? So I don't forget to hit the pitch shifter. So I'm in E standard. I'll oh, start no. the riff, hit the pitch shifter. It goes down a whole tone. Oh. This is while I'm trying to play the riff, and it goes, it's dropping down a whole tone for Doc Feelgood or some Motley Crue thing yeah. down a whole step. Then it's, oh my God. And everyone else has come in, and I've had to get it, stand on it, get it to go to the semitone. It'll go jump back up. So it's literally going through three in the space of trying to do that. Yeah, that awesome riff at the start. It's like, oh man, yeah, it's pretty funny. But it's people are just like, did, what's, like, what's... did I actually really hear something really weird then? And you just, you just continue no, on with no, nothing. No. You know, Straight face. Yeah. What are you like? <laughs> what? What? Well, you know? but... I meant to do that anyway. <laughs> oh man, bloody bloody bass players. Yeah, yeah, blame the bass player. Right. Just just just, just, <laughs> just point yeah, like, to the bass player and shake your hands. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Crazy. Always. So, always. Um, I've been doing. Um, I've been doing more sort of jazz, eclectic sort of jazz, pop jazz type oh, stuff cool. as well, which has been great. It's given me a chance to play. Uh, my Tirado hollow body, which is my first electric guitar, so I've oh, got cool. 983, and so I've been using that on these gigs. It's just beautiful, beautiful guitar, and so I've really enjoyed doing that. So that's that's called Mel and the Mad Men, which is like a just a pop jazz trio with uh, Brennan Scully on upright bass oh, cool. and Mel Evans. Do you know Brennan? Yeah, yeah, he's with them recently. Superb mm, musician. Guy. Yeah, love a guy absolutely. Um, and Mel Evans, she's fantastic, and she does also. An excellent vintage selection, which is like a, a really eclectic sort of group or large collection of vintage sort of real booky, you know, Doris Day stuff, yep. Yep. all that sort of okay. thing. Okay. And then there's the Doris Day show, so that's all out of part of that group. And then there's AOD, which is Angels Oil's Divinal show. So I work in oh, that cool. on the tribute show, which is uh, that's awesome. I don't know if you guys have learnt those. You've actually learned them, I know they're involved. It, it's full on. It, it is. 
like learning the oils because I always liked the oils, but I never had an oils record. Yeah. And so when I got a call to go audition for this band, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard some oils stuff. Then I learned the tunes and I just went, far out. This is full on. Yeah. You know, because it's so... <clears throat> the songwriting and the guitar playing and everything is just like, wow, this is just so not me. You know, it's so not me, but it's so good. Like it's it was good. just like it's really challenging, really yeah. brilliant. I just thought, God, this is brilliant. So I sort of became an immediate convert, you know, espousing the virtues of the brilliance of those guys. Okay. You know? uh, I, really, really good. I mean, not growing up in, in Australia, I kind of missed the whole thing. And then, yeah. But we did a, a, I did a support show with them with, you know, was it the Redneck Wonderland tour? I think. Oh, did you? Late yeah. I did a, a couple of support shows with wow. the, my band, and um, yeah, amazing live show. Yeah, yeah. I sort of missed the whole thing because I, I mean, yeah. I grew up in Europe, but um, yeah. Uh, so I knew like beds are burning and stuff. Yeah. I've heard that before, but I missed the whole. That er, the early early stuff is so rocking. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and like you say, the energy and power, and I, I find that really, really attractive in music. That energy and. That, it was, that it was, attack is it, fantastic. It, yeah. it, it draws you in. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really awesome. I, I went into yeah. it sort of watching, awesome. kind of going, oh, yeah, you know. But yeah. then it, 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 it really it, it takes you somewhere. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed I it. Find, find the early stuff. What was the, um, do you remember the name of the albums? Uh, there was, uh, was it Bird Doises was the, one of the first oh, one. I'm going to make a note. And... Uh, Head injuries was head injuries one as well. Again, I don't know the full albums. I've just learnt these songs off there, uh, like back on the borderline and stuff like that. And I just go, oh god, this is great. And I love playing it. I yeah. just love it. Like, yeah, like I, I try and play it like I wrote it. Yeah, I just <laughs> cool. totally commit to it. And in fact, that whole show, I absolutely love playing that show because guitar wise, it's really, really is really challenging. Those guys were brilliant, and the angel stuff, yeah, and. Um, that always finishes the night, and people are just totally like go nuts when you play that stuff. Just that really straight hard rock and stuff. It's really good. Yeah. So, so there's Revolution, BG Show. I do a little bit of work with Aussie Pride okay. Band. I've start. I've got a few gigs coming up with them, and um, in the original stuff, I play with a metal band. I play in a middle metal band called Devonian, and that's really good. That's pretty pretty good metal. And just um, got a gig with uh, Electric Mistress. So, which is that's Doll. Yeah, I was just about to say it rings That's Doll Hunt and um, Mark Henman and Trius. Yeah, so really good. We had one jam. I was like, whoa, this is, this is really special. So it's finally, this is Doll's project and it's finally sort of coming into fruition. Okay. So we've got a, a, an EP launch, I think, in uh, September. Yeah, okay. so that's going to be really good. Plus my solo work. So I've done five albums and I've, I've got a, a single done ready to release for what reason i'm not sure but anyway it's really just for me to actually do it but yeah. um yeah i've got to do a film clip for it but i've yeah recorded some stuff recently that i really really like so um yeah i keep always keep my instrumental stuff going somehow oh, cool. so yeah but, um, very cool yeah so yeah been doing lots, lots and lots today. of Busy. different stuff and styles yeah so which has been really really good challenge mm. but um i'm looking forward to not having to learn new stuff all the time at some point you know <laughs> so that's what i feel like i'm doing is just learning Legends. repertoire yep. just the whole time and yeah. different stuff so but uh yeah that's been that's good though that's awesome it's all guitar yeah so so how did, how going even further back so yeah. how did how did guitar playing start for you so did you, is, do you come from a musical family or no, or, no, no? um not at all uh so 
uh, started playing drums when I was 12 and when I got to school it was offered to learn an instrument okay do you want to learn an instrument yeah I want to learn guitar okay great so I learned guitar I've got some guitar lessons from uh, Rick Purdy he was my teacher at school and uh, pretty much loved it from the very first lesson and oh, cool. yep really just loved it got home and played and just put it in my room and just look at it and you know it was just one of those things yeah. I guess so I can't I can't remember what <coughs> so as far as I'm concerned it's just always been there always okay. always but you know I was 13 or so like a lot of you know a lot of people when they start around that age so but my teacher he was so good he was um he was he was the guy who was that I'd you know sort of modeled just about all of my approach off was was him. He was so he was such a beautiful guitar player. He was mainly a jazz guitar player, but he would be able to play, you know, all the Queen stuff and all of that sort of yeah. stuff. He loved all of that. He played Big Mate in Mayfair, Hollow Body oh, cool. with these like you know thirteen to sixty gauge strings on it. Fancy and we'd try and yeah. play it like as kids, going, "Oh, can we play your guitar, Rick?" And go, "Yeah, righto." Or he'd be having a fag, you know, <laughs> guitar lesson. <laughs> yeah, those days you could do the that. Good old days, yeah. Yes, yes. Back in the eighties, uh, this is this is our private boys' school, you know. It's like, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, have a go. So you'd be playing this, man. I remember oh, the singing for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having, having, you know, but that thing would put divots in your fingers, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, but he was such a good teacher. We, so I learnt to read straight away, mm. learnt real book stuff straight away, yeah, cool. but pop and rock stuff, jazz fusion, George Benson. Mm. He used to transcribe all this stuff. He, he used to gig, you know, five nights a week, teach yeah. five nights a week uh, and days, you know. Mm. So, yeah, he was really uh, I think it's probably a machine. underestimated, especially now, you know, both you were teaching. I did some teaching for a while, but yeah. not currently. And when you start talking about this and reminisce, like how actually influential like guitar teachers are yeah. on teenage boys yeah. girls I'm not sure <coughs> yeah. but um, you know sort of you, you kind of don't really think about it at the time but you actually it, could it, be influencing someone the rest it, of their life it's like, us yeah, yeah I had this yeah. I don't know if I've I think I've mentioned this to you before but I was at um because it's been it's 14 years this year that I've been teaching so yeah. you know some of the kids were quite young yeah. not that young anymore I was at a petrol station yeah. uh, and I stopped and this dude and I'm tall. I'm you know I'm almost two meters six five. Yeah. And this guy was probably about my height, but uh, you know I'm very not buff. He was very buff. <laughs> Tats everywhere. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit, what did I do? Remember me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he goes, oh, oh. And it was this guy who used to teach guitar, and he yeah. just said, oh, I just want to thank you. It's awesome. I still play guitar. I still love doing it. Isn't that beautiful? And and yeah. you put me in the right path for everything. And it's just oh, yeah. that just makes. 14 years now and I'm really kind of burned out with teaching but yeah. that happens every once in a while and you go you know what actually it's not a bad thing to teach because yeah. with some kids you really connect with others you don't oh, yeah. but the ones that you connect with and you kind of really have an influence and you really kind of sh not shape but you know you, you point them in the right direction and, and it becomes for them what it is for you music yeah. mm. that's I mean that's pretty special I think yeah. that's a sort of special thing yeah yeah it is it's um well, when you think about how much you love it, how much it's part of your life, your identity, yeah. what it does to you and for you and yeah. what you give to it because you love it so much, you know. And then if you can share that with someone else, then really yeah. that's a pretty special thing. I that reckon. is, yeah, so that's where, awesome. where they take it or whatever is not, that's not your... 
that in my opinion that as a teacher that's not your no, any no, of your no. domain at all no. it's purely to present it yeah. in yeah. such a way that there's hopefully some engagement and I think when you when you are uninhibited about how much you love it that you can't help but that's so infectious it I rubs think. off yeah, yeah it, it rubs off and a yeah. really positive experience yeah. that that's kind of the thing that's always I've always uh, believed to be the way you know so you just yeah you share you're yeah. sharing really yeah. you know so it's just a really beautiful thing but yeah I still I still love it I still love teaching um, you know Never really sort of burnt out on it, or maybe I'm so burnt out now <laughs> that I wouldn't do it. So, uh, overtired, yeah, well, quite possibly, but yeah, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think so because uh, yeah. I still enjoy doing it. But it does take a lot out of you, as you yeah, know. It does, um, yeah. when, when you teach a lot, it it's uh, yeah, it's 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 one way, it's like performing all the time or doing lots of gigs, you know, it's one way, yeah. It's just all out, you know. And occasionally, you get something back, and um, you know. But it's just what it is. So, mm. yeah, cool. Yeah, but um, so yeah. So I started guitar playing then, and then I went to. Uh, I didn't go to uni when I left school. I got a job. So were you playing high school bands? Uh, no, I, I was right into sport. Um, okay. If I have a regret, it would be that I didn't take part in bands at school, like stage band and things like that, because it would have been very good for my skills. But, you know, it's easy to say that now. I had the opportunities to do it, but I decided not to. Yeah. I was I was pretty heavily into uh, the sports at school. Uh, but I was in guitar groups, guitar ensembles at school, which I really okay. enjoyed. That was really, really good. You know, playing Hey Jude and things like that. We played a lot of Beatles. Rick showed us a lot of Beatles stuff, which was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't roll. sort of go wrong with no, that. Definitely not. Had a pop song. Yeah. Oh yeah, melodies. You know, just yeah. just beautiful. So, yeah. you know, really really good. Um, yeah. Then I went to uh, um, had some lessons with Barry Morton after school. That was that was really good. Is this on the coast or in Brisbane? This is in Brizzy. Brisbane. Yeah. And um, and then um, I went to I worked at a place called Athletes Foot in the city, the first Athletes Foot in yeah. in Queensland. I think there was only two in Australia at the time or three. And um, that was really, actually a really good experience doing that. And then I, uh, yeah, went to GIT in Los Angeles in Hollywood. I remember, in Hollywood yeah, you, for I remember a year. you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was uh, another really quite remarkable experience, life experience and uh, learning experience. Really shaped, again, the way I teach and the way I learn. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, learned some amazing lessons there. Met and saw some great musicians, um, as you'd expect. Um, and then when I got back, I just started working in bands and teaching pretty much and, yeah. you know, tried different things and different regional bands, sort of got interest from record companies and, but, you know, we we're talking about Guthrie before and why, you know, it's yeah. not you know, top 10 and yeah. it's pretty clear to, to me why it's not, not yeah, but yeah. that doesn't diminish the, how much I love it and yeah. how much I think it's so much better than everything yeah. but I remember being in those bands one of those bands in Brasilia in particular we're getting we had interest from a couple of labels and it was like oh yeah this is you know we've got to get this out there because it's going to be amazing you know blah, 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 <laughs> as you do and that, you know we were you know that, yeah, we believe it was sort of metal and you know it was yeah. using the seven string and all that sort of stuff metal <laughs> and you know a bit of funk in there like everyone else was doing um, but we were sort of doing our own thing we influenced a lot of bands in that 
in Brisbane at that time. We were sort of pushing a lot of stuff. Was that like late 90s or Early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. So um, The faith and more funk metal days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, odd yeah, meter things, quirkiness and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, Resident um, around that? Yeah, Residox yeah. came after that. Yeah, yeah. So um, my days already Residox. That was I didn't come here till ninety four, three, ninety three. Oh, I moved right. here. Okay. So Residox started not long after that. We used yeah, to do a few gigs back in the days with Residox as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Chris Bosley, the bass player, he was in Brasilia okay. as well. And Martin Lee the, was the drummer in Regurgitate. He was in Brasilia yeah. as well. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, so we used to practice. We were the first ones in the Target building in the mm. in the valley. And okay. then Powderfinger came, I think, after us. And so we used to see them a lot. And I was on the radio with John Coggle the other day. We were only talking about okay. the, the days. With, yeah, you yeah, practice. You just practice all the time, yeah. and um, and then you'd have a cigarette break, and then you'd meet up and have a chat about what you're doing, and then go back practicing another three hours. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, just you know, I can understand now why nothing, not why we didn't get signed. Like, I completely get it now. Like, that, that would, <laughs> but at the time, that would not have worked. <laughs> oh, at the time, at the time, it was you know it all was, these. Why? Yeah. Why? why? Are these people wrong. Why? They're all is, wrong. They're all wrong. Yeah. So. You know, but it's a good lesson, you know. It's a good lesson, and it's sort of after that sort of stuff. I released my first album, Big Sky, in nineteen ninety four, and then really sort of didn't do any other. I did original stuff, working some different bands through the late nineties and that sort of thing, Big City and uh, just different covers bands and that sort of thing. That's when and, I first uh, saw you, I think, as well. So oh, I yeah, think I first saw you. Uh, um, no, no, uh, in here on the coast at Fridays. Oh, okay. In, uh, oh, music exhausted, box. exhausted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was. Uh, Funny thing, because that was with Andrew Samowski on yeah, bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've known Andrew for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And for so long, I went, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> and it wasn't until, I don't know, a couple, maybe a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And I said to him, you used to play bass and exhausted. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's where I knew him from. <laughs> he's a good man. Yeah, yeah, he's a good man. That was a great band. Doing. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. Really was a nice that was, band, yeah. That was probably one of those days. So that was... That would have been second half of the 90s somewhere. Yeah, so 96, late, late 97. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I yeah. think that's when I just first started uni. I started uni in 96. Yeah. And we used to always go to the f- Sunday afternoon sessions at yeah. Fridays. Yeah, yeah. And there were always good bands on. And I think, uh, uh, well, I mean, you, you guys made a big impression on, on all of us. Oh, a bunch thanks. of young, impressionable kids, actually. Thank you. Yeah. No, but it was, I just remember the first thing I remember is walking in and going, Oh, PRS. Oh, Rivera. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, the, I, I haven't changed much, actually. I'm still like that. I walk into, you know, you see gigs and you go, oh, what's that? <laughs> such that? and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, then, yeah. and then just, because uh, it was a great band and a drummer yeah. too. Um, Scotty Lynch, yeah. yeah. He, he played to, on my third solo album. Yeah, he's, he's a really fine drummer, Scotty. Yeah. He used to play in um, uh, um, Soul Prison. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we used to, also we used to play. Yeah, right. Um, Gigs was uh, my original band back in the days. We used yeah, to play gigs yeah. Soul Prison, and that's how I know like guys like Shannon and Matt James uh, and all those yeah, people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's more. But anyway, and, and actually, I mean, going back to the teaching, I should. I think I've mentioned this this to you before, but I think you probably, without knowing, but you probably watching you play in those days, you're probably the reason why I 
started looking at music theory and stuff like that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because when I went to I see think you... that's a backhanded compliment. When I, no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, well. Uh, no, I mean it in the nicest yeah, possible are, way. Phrase it right, yeah. It's like, no, yeah, but, man, this guy is shit. But you know, no, 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 no. The yeah. total opposite. Because, no. No, I, I mean, I used to play in, in, in like original music and then we yeah, started yeah. doing covers and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was never into theory. I was always more like learn it sort of by ear. And and I I never knew what I was doing half of the time. But going to see you and... Because the thing I remember the most was like... It was like three chord pop songs. Mm. But you were doing all these cool voicings and stuff and Mm. doing all these like harmonic things and all this stuff. And I never... I was like, wow. You know, we're all kind of... Sort of fanboys in the days. I oh, think. that's cool. Um, and I think it was it was and talking to you every once in a while too, yeah. and and you sort of explaining what you were doing, and yeah. I had no idea what you were talking about half of the time. Yeah, right. That sort of made me actually want to learn music theory. Yeah. So I think oh, that's good. Got to credit you with that. Oh, well, thank you. So not you. that I know a lot now, <laughs> and not that I'm a fantastic guitar player now, but I think a lot of that where I'm at now as a musician probably without you even ever really knowing it, so oh, it came oh, from wow. you. Well, that's a really nice thing to say. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Because yeah. I think you know, look, knowing, I think the big thing after a great thing about teaching, I think, is that you learn a lot about yourself by you teaching do, yeah. other people, and, yeah. and you, what you start to notice, you start to ask yourself the quest, same questions you ask your clients, your students, and you start talking to them about and finding out how they learn and what's important for them yeah. and what they what they put value on. And then, like you said, not getting in their in their road. You're effectively trying to steer them to a point where they're happy with what they're doing. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's really important because and and you you'd be amazed how many people just don't get that, particularly no. with that type of instrumental instruction, and particularly in modern uh, uh, contemporary styles. It's it's a very intuitive way yeah. that it's learnt and passed on. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. it's you know so. But the, the, you know, talking about theory and that sort of thing, I've just, I think because the way I was brought up as a guitar player and it suits my, my personality as well, I guess, is I do enjoy the technical aesthetic of stuff. I remember Rick showing me a G major scale on the E form the very first time. And for some reason, I could just see it the way he okay. showed it to me. Mm. And I loved playing it because I loved the, the physical aesthetic of it. The and The um, pattern approach kind of thing. The pattern, I thought, yeah. I liked the way my fingers looked when they went across. It was like I was actually doing the real, I was actually really playing it. Yeah. Like there's so many notes there, I'm actually really playing yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, the irony, and a lot of people point this out, you know, the irony of guitar, of, guitar, of modern electric guitar players and rock players and contemporary players is that they'll spend... You know, uh, particularly out of the 80s, you know, you'll spend out of 20 hours of practice a week, you'll spend 19 hours and 50 minutes on scale work and 10 hours on chords, <laughs> right? And yet, when you're doing a gig, that's 20 hours, you know, 20 hours of gigging is going to be about the exact opposite, the opposite you know, yeah. so, yeah. which is really interesting. But I still maintain that single string technique is the, the way to understand spatial awareness on your guitar, is okay. to actually play from the, at the smallest points. And yeah. I think that really increases your ability to play to play um, chords really well, but also too, you know, yeah. if, if like I quite often get, how do I solo? What's the best? How many? Why do I? Should I? How many scales should I know to be a soloist? And I always say the same thing: the best soloists always know the most chords. You've got to know harmony to be a good improviser. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's effectively what defines your improvisation yeah. is the harmony that you're presented with, and then you're able to to do something with yeah. it. Um, so it's um it's it's always going to be this sort of paradoxical 
sort of thing. So to be a really good improviser, don't sit around practicing scales. Just learn that's your cool. harmony, learn arpeggios, learn yeah. chords, because that's where all of your your special notes are. Um, and to be a really good chord player, you've got to spend time on accuracy and getting your fingers to understand the space on the guitar. So um, yeah, so just further to what we were talking about before. For me, a lot of those mechanisms work really well, um, but they always are a means to an end. I, I never yeah. get great joy out of doing that, you know, measuring a metronome, you know, trying to match a. a I, I don't. That doesn't give me joy, even though I like the aesthetic. <laughs> How fast some, can I play some people, of the bumblebee? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like some some people are really into that. And they like that quantifiable thing. Yeah. And uh, some people it consumes them. So there's not a lot of music there. Mm. Other people do it because they like to improve their technique and make beautiful music with other things. For me, it's just a means to an end to try and make some beautiful music. So yeah. I've never been one of those practices who's, um, you know been able to sit down for you know and extensive hours with metronome and learn every conceivable shape and all that sort of stuff mm. and i really admire people who can do that i really genuinely do whenever i see them i go man i wish i'd done that <laughs> i really do because i'm so impressed with that beautiful technique and tone yeah. that, that 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 you know guitarist like that can generate but you know you are what you are and it's like you yeah, gravitate sure. to certain things for certain reasons yeah. Um, some will be good and others won't be so good others will be a lack of discipline but some will be because that's actually what you're really good at and yeah. I think that that's you know how you manage those things goes a long way to how how much joy and how much you'll ex be able to express yourself on the instrument yeah. so it's a really um, it's a very interesting thing like uh, you know just the way that that works it's a bit of a mystery actually you know mm. so but uh, you form all these fundamentals and then you go from there but um, some people, you know, obviously like yourself, very intuitive, love to just play what you're playing, and then all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, but why? Why was I doing that? Why was I doing that? And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I can hear some <laughs> other things weird. happening there. How can I get to them? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's where sort of that technique and theory I think can help you. Yeah, you know. So hey, I just thought of a question. Yes. Uh, I think the next thing I want to explore that I haven't really explored all is using chord voice in, in solos. Yeah, yeah, right. Do you do much of that? I've, I've um, in seen like enough. a jazz context? Yeah, or uh, any context. Were well, you talking like, um, like what, uh, that video you shared with me that um, Bruce Foreman doing the chord... I might have been. You sent, you sent me a video, um, it was a link to a video not long ago, okay. or maybe a couple months ago, uh, Bruce Foreman yeah. doing the, and he was doing this, I mean, he's a full on. I don't know if you know. Have, have you no, I know his name, Foreman? Bruce Foreman. He's yeah. like a more bebop, bebop jazz guy, but yeah. just some of the, the chordal solos yeah. he does is, yeah. is insane. Yeah, like a very pianistic sort of approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he talks. Yeah. Actually, he does another podcast, uh, him and Scott Henderson. Oh, okay. Because did you have lessons with Scott yeah, Henderson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, he's or, not private lessons. My, I didn't have him as a private like a, lecturer I, a guy thing. called Les Wise. He was my private go to guy. And he was. <laughs> Just, just dangerous guitar player, yeah, yeah right. and a bit of a dude too. So um, he was really cool. Uh, but yeah, Scott Henderson was there at that era. I love his playing yeah. with Tribal Tech and 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 actually the solo stuff after Tribal Tech, mm. like Well to the Bone. Mm. Oh man, he's just got a new album out, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just got a new album. Yeah. Well, him, Scott Henderson, and Bruce Foreman do a podcast. Yeah, okay. Guitar Wank. Oh, there, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. but that's, I love him. I, I, that's, I thought maybe that's where it, that came from. Um, no, there's a. Another thing came up. Um, is it Mark Letteri? Oh, Mark Letteri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I listened to him on a podcast. He was a really cool oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was uh, some gear demo thing he was playing, and um, yeah, he's like putting 
sort of stripped down chord voicings in the middle of solos. Yeah, like yeah, two, yeah. Three note voicings. Yeah. And um, I've always loved that concept, and I think it's time to <laughs> pull my finger out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, um, I mean, that's a. It's a big world. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You, again, you're sort of thinking harmony, chasing sounds, I guess. Mm. Certainly not something I do a lot of. Okay. Um, so I couldn't really advise you, but if I could. If you look at just sort of like a generalization, like your start points, the first thing you would have to know is at least all of your standard voicings on all, you know, through all of your cage system. And then look at the your chord plurality. So, you know, uh, knowing, say, for instance, that a minor seven flat five is also a first inversion dominant nine chord. Right. That type of idea. So, okay. sort of, and seeing those things and being able to just go to them quickly. So, that I think that sort of harmonic knowledge would be really helpful to to start with. If you've already got that going, sure. then it'd be a matter of just making sure you start sort of chasing your sounds. I think I too, there's a big there's a big thing that I sort of noticed with students that we sort of have the thing. Okay, well, this is what you do. You do it once, and then I've done it now, <laughs> and it's yeah. good. And they sort yeah. of miss the idea of developing vocabulary, yeah. and, and vocabulary takes, as you guys know, it just takes it takes time to develop that. Yeah. So you literally practice one thing x amount of times to the point where it makes you a bit insane, and then you go, oh, okay, well it becomes intrinsic in your playing, and then it it becomes something you start to hear as you start to improvise. Mm. So that might be uh, uh, you know something to consider as well is to actually start writing slowly some licks. Using this this concept and this approach that you're talking about, mm. so just something came to me just then. I guess talking about stuff makes your own brain happen to yeah. um, substituting chords too, mm. um, like re almost rewriting chord progressions, and reharmonizing. Harmonizing. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really, a really cool thing. Actually, yeah. I think it might be even this book here. Do you know a guy called John Mann? No, from Toowoomba, no. Oh, the jazz guy. He was. Yeah. Mental after I left high school, and I've, I found all the charts from like over the rainbow chart. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And there was over the rainbow, I've got one of these from Rick as well. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. And I, I sort of tried to reharmonize that as well. I don't, I don't know if it's in here, but there was like we did a 12 bar blues, yeah, and then developed it to basically so instead of going one four, you go. One four one four. Yeah. And then we just go on from there. And then we went about a couple of pages of yeah. variations. By the time we got to the end, it was nothing like a top up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of a good exercise to develop. Superb. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many old pages in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's a really it's a really interesting thing. It's mm. uh, because most of my world is rock these days. I tend not to do a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. But it's I find it. A beautiful way to play and to to think about music and yeah, to even look if it's at just it. An exercise. Yeah, absolutely. To get your brain out of a yeah. plateau of yeah. same old thing. Yeah, which I, I saw, <laughs> uh, there was a wonderful <laughs> exercise I saw on. Uh, do you guys remember Tucker Andrews? Uh, Tuck and Patty. Tuck and Patty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was he was a huge influence on my guitar yeah. playing. Um, just his tone and his feel actually uh, was sublime. John, that yeah. guitar teacher, got me onto them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he did some uh, versions of stuff. I had his his video or his DVD, a yeah. instructional DVD. Um, I, I, yeah, I bought it 
like not like long ago in okay. a bargain basement thing, you know, <laughs> uh, because no one buys those anymore. You know, it's a real shame because they're so cool. Um, anyway, he's this great, and this is something that may sort of uh, help you as well, or, mm. or if nothing else, great exercise is to take a voicing and at instead of inverting, say, a chord, a seventh or ninth uh, voicing, so only taking it through its four-note inversions, you actually take it through seven steps of the of the of its predetermined diatonic scale. So, for instance, if you okay. for, so if you for instance if you had an A nine chord, okay. you would take that that voicing, whatever you choose for that A nine voicing, through A mixolydian, step by step. Okay, and man, that is awesome. You, yeah, right. so okay. you, some of the chord grips you get are huge okay. and difficult, but that's good technique builder. But tonally, fantastic, absolutely awesome. So, so when you're doing that type more, of more advanced version of like. Say off a G major scale, you go G major seven, A yeah. minor seven, B minor yeah. seven, C major. Yeah, right. it's it's basically the same thing. So if but you did that same thing, but complex. if you took it from a well, if you just took it from a modal point of view, because yeah, modes sure. are chord scales anyway. So mm. if you took it from a modal point of view, if you went, okay, if you got an A minor thirteen yeah. or A minor six in a voicing and wanted to get a Dorian sound up your guitar. You take that A minor six voicing and only take it. Each note would just go to the next step in okay. the diatonic okay. in the scale. <laughs> and so what happens is instead of just getting those blocks happening, first of all you're picking uh, like a voicing that's not the straight seventh voicing which stacks in thirds. You're picking something a little bit different, and it's yeah. a guitar voicing that you know. So piano voicings are, are going to be fairly inside, but guitar voicings can get a little bit like, whoa, so I've got a particularly your suspended or ninth type voicings. Yeah, adds, yeah. adds. <laughs> if, you can keep your th- if you can keep your three there, that's usually what creates a bit of a problem, which is good, because that means that you'll have to, you know, find ways to solve it. So mm. You'd lose a fifth, can't you? Yeah. And even the one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, if you, it's the beautiful thing about guitar, you know, you get A and E and D drones, <laughs> yeah. and even G drone, and, sure. and actually start to work voicings there. It gives you a lovely perspective of how things will sound even putting it like a c major seven voicing with an a bass gives you straight away just you understand that as an a minor nine but that sound of that voicing is just gorgeous mm. so simple like mm. really really simple oh know? we're getting the guitar right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that, that kind of yeah that's a nice one the one i was thinking at is with you would do like an e form which would be up at the uh uh so a c major oh, like seven yeah so but the top four strings of that one like so. Yeah, that's a nice one. The nine there, but doubling up on the nine. So if you don't, like that. if you put your pinky there, oh yeah, yep, and just map that out in thirds. Yeah, put an A on the bass. <laughs> really easy voicey. Yeah, nice. And then, but push you really, really close. That's your nine. Put oh, you really yeah. close to the thirteen. So if you take that guy off, there you go. Keep your third. There you go. So, the A changes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah, and then that that voicing there, like that mm. last one there, you can take that through its shapes. Yeah, I'll show you. That, that one. Okay. Yeah. So if you go, so that's your start voicing, and then that's your A minor thirteen or A minor six, mm-hmm. and then if you were to say, for instance, take that down to put the the tonic there on the top again. Okay. You've got all of this action just happening there okay. on the top. And then if you to take that voicing there through our A Dorian sound, we've got those there. Okay. So each one of those notes is just going up 
a tonic each uh, through through the scale. Through the scale, yeah. 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 Cool. There's there's yeah. a there's a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. of sitting around. Some beautiful too. sounds. <clears throat> yeah. It's a cool guitar. Mm, it's funny. Oh yeah, I was saying something yeah. before. We get a lot of comments on that and asking what it is. Yeah. What is it? R N R S R S two. Are they elixir strings on there? Yes. Old ones. They um. The guys at the shop, Music at Noosa, Mel was saying, "Oh, yeah, have you tried these?" So, no, I don't like elixir strings, Mel. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use them. Oh, they're really good. These are the really thin cut. Oh, Mel, you know, I like them on my acoustic, <laughs> but I said, "Don't want, or just don't want to try them." Come on, look, I'll do you a really good deal, on it, and you can give them a go. I so, could all go. All right, okay. I said, but they don't have that like really thick yeah, feel. I don't, I don't like the and and uh, oh, that's a new new like, ones now. The yeah. what are they called? The Whatever the new coating is, which yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a coating on it's, it at all. It's they're so good. I yeah. love them. They are they are brilliant. So yeah. um yeah. So thanks, Mel. <laughs> I, I do I do I use elixirs on my acoustic all the time as yeah, well. Same. But yeah, I yeah. do the annoying thing on the electric, they don't make them I, I use twelve gauge strings. I'm, oh, like, really? I'm one of those foolish people. Oh, and they man. don't make twelves. Yeah. On in elixir. They don't go up high enough. I'd cry if I had to use twelve on electric. <laughs> oh my god. I did it in high school. Yeah, you know, Steve Rayborn did it. Yeah, yeah. And then no, it's I fine. You just like a week or so later, you're fine. But, I, yeah. I think I just do because I, I play I play acoustic guitar all the time. Yeah. 99.9% of my gigs are acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then I pick up the electric guitar and it's just, it's like rubber bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, hard, to, it's hard to pick on the really light strings too and the lower string tensions, you know, when you have to well, retune and that, you know. And I think because I'm playing so much acoustic guitar, I, my, my right hand attack mm. has gotten heavier. Yeah, yeah. And it's just... You yeah. get that out of tone, out of tune twang yeah. with the with the lighter strings. It's yeah. just like, wow. Well, I, I keep going lighter with everything. I keep going lighter with my picks. Like I'm back to using like a medium okay. Tortex pick, which uh, you know just the Dunlop ones. Yeah. Oh man, the tone's been fantastic. Nine gauge strings, you know. No, yeah, I love it. It's really really good. Really I big sound. That. Like uh, really good. So. Do you play really lightly with your right hand? Uh, yeah, most of the time mm. I think I do with the light strings, but yeah, you on know, the metal band and then the rock bands and the yeah, I probably play pretty heavy, mm. I guess. Um, I just stick with tens, on it? Yeah, I think tens are, tens are great sort of all rounder. Yeah. I just love that that the nines. I don't know for me, just that little bit of extra sort of lightness means that I can just just. I don't know, massage the notes a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Like I can just sort of feel yeah. like I'm a bit, if I feel like doing something, it's just there and I can do it. Whereas there's not that fight there. Uh, but when I detune any of my guitars, I'll have to use them detuned, like in the Oil Show, Angel Show, um, they'll, I'll use tens on that. Sure. Les Paul's got tens, you know, shorter scale, and that's pretty wicked. So, yeah. yeah speaking of yeah. gear, yeah. on the Fractal. Yeah, yeah. Full, so, full this, so AX8, no, I, yeah. I um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, the windmills of my mind. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Frankel AX8, love it, awesome. Yeah. Um, used it yesterday. Used it last Revolution gig. So, uh, but I'm a bit of a Marshall fan. I love, okay. I love. Yeah, I just love that Marshall tone. So consequently, you know, basically my fractal is my JCM eight hundred rig with a tube driver in front okay. of it with some analog delays, you know, and that's fantastic. Um, great sound. Um, so, um, 
Vox AC30. I had I had the last gig I did with the Angels Oil Show. I used the AC30, and believe it or not, it just wasn't clean enough. Like because it was it was just running. It was di- fully dimed. Oh wow! Okay, Man, it was so loud. That's a loud. Oh, yeah, it was so. Holy <laughs> <laughs> moly! It's loud. It was loud. It was I, remember, really I think loud, you posted yeah. on Facebook or Instagram or something yeah. saying you know the AC30 and. Lo- I, like, lo- wow. I love it. It's beautiful, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is. It's a CC2X, so it's got the blue anechos in it. But I don't, you know, because I played a hand wired one. Mm. Thinking, man, I had mine dime the other day, and yeah, it was loud, and it was at a show, and but it wasn't that that sort of loudness that would would hurt someone or you know sort of kill a mouse or something. Like that. <laughs> it, it was that sort of. It's that. It was that. It was. It was actually pretty nice. It was quite soft. The sound, so it was quite good. Yeah. I played through a hand wired one. Uh, one mm. of my students is a bit of a vox nut, and he played the hand. And I played through his uh, hand wired one, and it was like, yeah, I reckon this would really hurt my ears if it was up at though. If it was dimed, you just would not be able to. So, but magnificent brighter? sound. Was it? Was it brighter the hand wired one? Or just, just power, just oh, clean oh, wow. headroom, yeah. So the CC2X, gotcha. yeah, it was a gift actually. So I, I yeah, I, I've mm. loved playing it, like really, really cool. But I'm starting to feel like I I really I need a clean sound. I really need to have that clean sound, particularly for the oil stuff. And also just for my own stuff, I love yeah. having the ability to get a really, really clean sound. So a three to four channel amp is kind of my favorite, would be my favorite setting without any drive pedals. I love the sound of, a, of overdriving amps. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to have a Traxxas, I remember. Yeah, too. yeah, I had Traxxas. I've still yeah. got, I've got a Boogie Mark V okay. uh, combo, which is I mean, a that's like beautiful the ultimate amp. in any sound you want, isn't it, a Traxxas? Yeah. Yeah, 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 just about. Uh, you know, it's a funny thing is that you get the, the more something says it can do all of these things, unless it's a modeling amp, it's, 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 it's limited gets, in some ways. Well, it just kind of gets convoluted. Yeah. So you yeah. get a dual rectifier, right? And you don't get one dual rectifier to get a, to sound like a Fender Twin. No. And Mesa kind of sell it as, you know, it's got a tread plate on it. It's just brutal. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a weapon. It's you know, and and so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but the yeah. Mark V is very good. And um, it's, oh, it's very good. It's better than very good. It's a beautiful amp. Mm. Um, so I've got that in a combo. But I'm looking at maybe looking at a Marshall, uh, maybe JBM, JVM uh, 4, the 4 channel one. Oh, the 100 watt head. Yeah. yeah. And I saw, um, I watched some, YouTube's reviews on it. Some, uh, yeah, uh, Danny Gill. Do you guys know Danny Gill? Have you seen his International Guitar School or something online mm-hmm. or International Guitar Show? He's really cool. He was the GIT when I was there. Great, great guitar player, and he does this really good review of the JVM four ten um, head. And it's just, yeah, that's it. That's the sound <laughs> right there. I love, love that sound. Um, so, yeah, so I'd love to get my hands on one of those in a quad box. So. That'd be really, really good at some point. Um, and for the jazz gigs, I've been using the Tirada and I've got a little uh, relic Fender. Uh, when I was doing some getting uh, stuff for Fender, um, using a Fender, it's a Fender Blues Junior, but one of the relic ones with. Oh, did, it's a beautiful was it a music producer for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember. Because I was it. literally at that time when we moved up here, I was like, I just cull because I'm not a collector and I'm not a hoarder, mm. but invariably stuff and I end up with too much stuff. Like, I can't stand it. Get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. I'm not using it. Get rid of it. I had my strat in there. I had this in there, and then I was thinking, oh, I don't use these things. I haven't used yeah. this for for a year. I haven't used these guitar, and then I got a call to do the mineral oil show. It's like, man, you've got to have a strat for that. And I went, 
tip. I need to get that straight there. <laughs> you know? And then and then it was like literally like, oh Simon, we need to, do you want to do this Doris Day show or you know, this mix rep show? And I went, Tarada and that oh, I've got oh, Tim, I've got to get that amp back, you know. <laughs> it's like so so now I and now I'm really, really happy. But I'm, you know <laughs> so it's uh yeah, it's just one of those things with me and gear and that I don't get super attached. Uh, but invariably when it I don't think I do, but invariably when it goes, I go, Oh man, I wish I still had that. Or I listened to a recording I did with something and I went, God, that was that was so good. <laughs> I need to have it back in my life. I can't function unless I get that back into oh, my life. Tough. You know, it's, it's it's the musician's way. Yeah, it is. It's just never shy. happy with what you have. Yeah. Well, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed that like looking at pedals because when I first went there, like having my fractal and you know we did the pedal night and stuff like yeah. that. And um, I love pedals. I always loved them, but I've never been a pedal guy. Like, I've yeah. never had the patience to go, you know, because I see, you know, guys like you know the difference between capacitors and all sorts of No, we don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Like, seriously, I, I step on it if I go, if it, if it makes a sound I like. That's, yeah, we are go, pretty much, you know. Oh, yeah, this one's blue, this one's yeah. orange. Yes, oh, I like yeah. the blue one. Yeah. That's sort of, that's how we are. Yeah. We don't know anything about the insides <laughs> of it. We went, uh, do you know Chris Palmer? Uh, guitar player. Fantastic guitar player yeah, 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 from Brisbane. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> guitar player. Good guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No guitar player. I think I've met Chris before. He's yeah, an amazing yeah. guitar player as yeah, well. We went down to, he's he's probably the only guy I know who's worse than us when it comes to hoarding and collecting pedals, oh, yeah. or me anyway. Yeah. But he's one of those guys, he will tell you the difference between each little component yeah, in it. Yeah. And, oh, they made this one from yeah. 1985 to 1987 and then they changed this thing and that's why that one doesn't oh, sound as good man. anymore. And, yeah. And we're both no, there going, yeah. I just seriously start looking at the spreadsheet. You get these like, capacitors yeah. from Burma when the tide is higher. Yeah, that's right. I love the way people get into that. That's awesome. Yeah. But for me, like, I just step on it if it sounds good. I mean, I've got an, an that's, EVH, that's what we do. <laughs> an EVH uh, Phase 90 pedal. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Cause cause I was totally the, the, the learning spot, songs yeah. for Revolution and I just getting back into Van Halen going, this is the best possible sound for rock ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, of course, you know, it's Eddie, and it's like, I've got to have I've got to have one of them, so I'll get a reverb, i get a, you know, how's the band, am I going to find one of these? Because if I don't have one, I'll, God, I don't know what I'm Life will to. be over. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. So eventually I found a second hand one, I got it for a good price. And now, it, to be honest, I look at it and I go, oh, this is so beautiful, but that's all I think of it. I only use it once. And I'm thinking, you really got me. That's the only time I use it. <laughs> or in soundcheck when I play the opening of Shine On Your Crazy Diamond because I love that sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just that... Doo -da -doo -da. Yeah. I just love that. Oh, that's what I do. In soundcheck, that's all I do. So <laughs> and then for the rest of the time, I've just got it there. That's just, it just sits there and oh, looks pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> taking up nine volts of headroom. Yeah, but it is beautiful sound. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know. So, But Tim was like, yeah. Tim, oh man, you know, I'm not really interested in pedals, you know, six months later. So have you got <laughs> but that's, he's like laughing at me and I'm like genuinely embarrassed. And he's like, you know, oh man. You know. This is Tim from Music at Noosa. Hello Music at Noosa, by the way, if you're listening. Yeah, so. Um how are we going for time? Mm -hmm. Just over an hour. I mean we can keep yeah. we can keep going for as long as everyone likes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm good. I don't know how much time you've got. Yeah, no. Car is just out in Nambour finding something to do. Got to, so, all I've got to do is pick up, uh, pick up, come, a, come and hang out, pick up children uh, from school. That's the next thing I have to do today. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's all right. Quarter to three. Yeah. But, um, um, well, yeah. Do, do, do you guys want to keep going? Yeah. 
yeah, should a we, little bit we, longer. Yeah. Should, we, should we make this a? Should, let's make this a two-parter because we've just done an hour. That's yeah. usually what we do. Let's make okay. this a two-parter and see if we can get a second part out of it. All right. So yeah. end of end of part one. Cue music. <laughs> yeah. Start of part two. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> great to be here. Yeah, so uh, we've awesome. been we've been here for two weeks now, Simon. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So what happened in the last two weeks with you? Oh, well, <laughs> just, just learning tunes. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, let, let's. I mean, we we ended. Uh, if I remember correctly, I mean it was it was two weeks ago. But when we ended the last <laughs> podcast, <laughs> we were talking about pedals and stuff. Yeah. Um, guitar history. Yeah. So let's let's talk. Like um, you ended up. We were just talking. Actually, I don't know. Was that? Did we start recording already when we were talking about the universe and? Uh, ben, or was it before we started recording? I think it was before. But yeah, so the guitar mm. I used on my last record, a Black Universe, which now has black scratch plate and white white pickups in it. So I'm a bit of a fan of white pickups. I don't know why, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so It makes uh, guitars more expensive if you have black scratch plates and white pickups. It makes them almost oh, $7 yeah. million dollars expensive. Is that right? Well, yeah, the, well that's you know, right. The, yes. the black strat with oh, the yeah. Dave Gilmore, yeah, six point eight seven or something like yeah. that million dollars. Extraordinary. It's insane. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what you have to do, black scratch plates and white pickups yeah. that make guitars much better. In fact, hearing him actually, just talking about that, I've said this before, but I always laugh. It's like, you know, I'll be going, oh, God, yeah, I don't know what guitar to take to teach. And this is just the worst day. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the stress of this life, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which one well, of anyway, my ten guitars do anyway, I take to teaching to? <laughs> joking about it, I was like, "Yeah, that's right." Which which guitar should I take tonight? The gig, you know. And then I just think about and I, Dave Gilmore talking about the guitars he's auctioning, and hundred hundred and eighty of them. And the way he, but it's just the way he says Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> Is there anything else, you know? Like, <laughs> and then you go. Yeah, Fender Stratocaster. <laughs> just the way he says it just makes you want to get your Strat. Yeah. It's like, where's my Strat? Oh, my God, it's back up the coast. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do today, you know? Like, <laughs> I, why I, not? Can't, I can't teach on this Gibson. No, ball. That's, yuck. that's yuck. <laughs> you know, they're just like, quick, where's the picture of Pagey? Quick, let's have a look at that. Oh, that's better. I feel better now. Oh, yeah. I've connected to something. Yeah. I've just, um, probably, I've got rid of some electrics, but I've still got maybe like, four or five or something. Mm. I've got I've got twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I have so, a problem. Yeah. My wife calls it a problem. I call it a hobby. Yeah. yeah. Well, my thing is could be worse. Ta- one, I call it tax write-off. Actually, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> my thing is, which one has the freshest strings on it? Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, mine, mine, sort of, my collection's getting a little bit smaller because I've just kept mm. the things that I work with, you know, yeah. and that's good. That takes decision making out of it. So that's good. That's any time I don't have to make a decision about it's it. I just helps. go. That's that's really good. Makes life a lot less stressful. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So, but guitars. I think uh, you know. I've been uh, with Ibanez, or just a local Ibanez and Dorsey guy for a while now. I've played the seven strings for a while. My first album, I had I mm. played I used a white string, seven string, basically for everything. One of okay. the white universe, and um, it was one of the first ones in Australia at the time. Uh, that's a guitar I wish I still had because they're worth a lot. They only made 600 of them or something. Yeah, so they're worth yeah. a fortune. They're beautiful. They were a beautiful guitar. I remember the first time I saw a picture of it, I just went, 
and I saw the multicolor and the black one, but all I could see was that white one. And I went, that is the most yeah. beautiful guitar I've ever seen, you know? And um, yeah, so that was, uh, I used that one for a while. Yeah, of course, you know, set it on fire, ended up selling it for some stupidly low amount of money. Um, set it on fire? Sort of, yeah, at some point. Like Hendrix style? Boredom, no, I just out of boredom, I guess. <laughs> out of, I wonder what would happen if you did this. You know, one of those dumb things you do, like I've done a lot of those. What would happen if I, if I you know, <laughs> put a cigarette off. lighter to the guitar? I don't know. What would happen? Wood and fire. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is wood flammable? Yeah. Oh God. Neanderthal. Um, So, so so I've been. That was good. Before that, when I was in America and I was at at GIT, I took over. I had a Jackson at the time, a beautiful Jackson soloist, Mm. awesome eighties. You know, uh, neck through, really great guitar. I bought from um, Music Express all those years ago, and um, so. I took that to America. When I got there, one of the guys who lived in the apartment building was an older guy, um, and he was a strap player, and he was right into Eric Johnson. And I'd heard Eric Johnson at that time, but I'd sort of left that and got into Zeppelin and Van Halen and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and uh, uh, Al Miola and more fusion, more jazz and all that sort of stuff. But when I was there, it was this, this guy from Arkansas. He's like, man, a, a, a guitar pl- if you're a guitar player and you're a man, you've got to have a Stratocaster. Come on, I'll take Uh-oh. you shopping for. I'll take you for. A, I'll take you shopping for a Stratocaster. Sonny Lamus is down. He was a beautiful guitar player too. He was a good, good guy to know there. And um, so anyway, so I bought this Strat um, from Voltage Guitars on just off Sunset Boulevard, and that was my first Strat. And it was. Um, it's. I've still got it now. It's got a long and checkered history. It's. It's got a different paint job now and all sorts of things. But mm. ever since having that guitar, that was kind of going to a Strat was kind of like. I still think it's probably the. I'd love other guitars, but it's kind of the. Okay. I, I sit down and play it, and I just go any strap, and I go. Oh, it's, it's pretty much perfect design. You know sure. the comfort, the beveling, the, so, the neck. You know the it, one guitar I never got on with. Is that strat. right? No, yeah, I don't you know. It's just, oh it's man, it's, <laughs> that's why I was just saying. I'm, that's why I went. Uh oh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not a man playing guitar. <laughs> no, 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 it, it was right. Like, you know, but I, I play an Ibanez, which is definitely you know yeah. not exactly a manly thing. To do. But <laughs> it's a seven string. That's yeah, that's seven strings. Yeah, that's, that's pretty manly. manly. So I've got a couple of those. Now, <laughs> so they're pretty good. Um, no, but the Ibanez I've been using recently, I've got refretted with stainless steel frets. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a beautiful looking guitar. And when I first got it, it you know, you sort of like a lot of the Ibanez and, and that they 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 present so beautifully, the tops and yeah, machining and everything, everything. But it really, I don't know, it really desperately needed a proper setup and that. Yeah. So I took it to Chris Melville, who's a master luthier and and repair guy, and um, he uh, yeah he refretted it with stainless steel frets for me and set it up properly. Cool. Um, did it make much he, of a difference the stainless steel frets? Oh, or yeah. did it- well, I think it's a combination of his fretwork was is pretty okay. much faultless, and the way he basically set the guitar up properly uh, was. Yeah, so it's it's cracking guitar now. Like okay. it really, really is very good, particularly for the rock stuff with the locking nut and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. You know, do way too many dive bombs and Silly guitar stuff, stunts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you can. It's, it stays in tune and just gives you great joy. Yeah, you know, been a big kid, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just sounds. So, yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's really good. But I I used the Strat and the Les Paul for um for the Angel Show. 
um, it's really really good and the seven string I use um, in Devonian so and that's uh, uh, the metal stuff so that's good obviously is that really with a female that. female yeah. singer yeah oh, okay. so we've got some stuff coming out uh, in October some more tunes um, so yeah so it's good really, we'll put really all good. links to all send us through like all the links yeah, and stuff yeah. and I put it all in the show notes and, yeah cool and just yeah. so you know people can go and check all the stuff out yeah sure yeah. I think I've because the so the seven string you got you bought off uh, a guy we mentioned on the show quite a bit, uh, Ben McGregor. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think I've so I, I, the one time in my life I've yeah. played a seven string guitar. I've played the played new that ones, one. Yeah. Because I went uh, yeah, right. uh, Ben yeah. Ben, um, and it was for a, like a funk kind of style gig. Yeah. Right. And he handed it. Uh, ben is one of those guys. Uh, you go. Uh, he he played in a, in this band, sort of funk kind of band down the street from where I was playing and I finished my gig and I went there and Ben's one of those guys who will go there take the guitar and play yeah. and then wander off and <laughs> yeah. for like 25 minutes and, like 25 minutes yeah. and you go oh <laughs> what am I doing and I've never played a seven string before in my life yeah I've never really played much of Floyd Rose guitars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. just hands me that. I bet the and it's a, was amazing. And it's yeah. a funky gig, and it's like, yeah. I'm so, I just had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's my like one that. seven-string experience yeah. I've had in no, my they life. Take, they certainly take a bit of time to get the that, that spatial awareness happening with them. Um, and yeah, spatial awareness. <laughs> Good phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so I bought that, that black one I used on my last record, and so it goes, I, I bought... That through uh, Guitar Brothers, yeah. and I think it was Reese told me that yeah, this used to be Ben McGregor's guitar, and I may have met Ben, may have met him. I think we've met at the guitar show guitar years show, ago. Yeah. I saw him yeah. doing a clinic, and he was you know he was great. He's you know, another great player. Plays yeah, with a lot of flair, and I love that in players. I love yeah. seeing that flair and excitement, um, particularly in rock. It has to have that drama and flair, you know, yeah. really, yeah. really great in my mind. So, yeah, so it was quite interesting, but I still got that guitar now. So, um, and again, it's been set up properly by Chris. So it's, it's, um, the knife edges are pretty, in the tremolo are pretty, are pretty uh, RS, but the, uh, the guitar itself is beautiful. It's a superb guitar. Like mm. a J Custom, so it's really, really good. Oh, they're good guitars. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the high end, um, I mean, the stuff is is great. Really yeah, good. Really yeah. Good so, so yeah. So I enjoy playing the Ibanez, but every like I say, every time I pick up my Strat, I go, yeah, that's kind of home, <laughs> so, you okay. know. Do you ever get in playing tellies at all? Yeah, I have a telly. I had a telly mm. for a while. A telly uh, deluxe from about two thousand and six, oh, okay. and uh, again, totally lived for that guitar listen to Danny Gatton and you know every you know mainly actually I've got to say just Danny Gatton because I thought he was I loved his brashness and his yeah. lack of refinement but his unbridled uh, technical command at the same time mm. there's something he's such a sort of paradoxical guitar player to me sure. didn't know anything like I remember watching a, a DVD of Danny Gatton's Hot Licks right oh, yeah. and Danny Gatton's there you go He's sitting there and he's playing an E9 chord. He goes, and then I go to this chord and he plays it and he goes, Hey, hey, Arlen, what chord is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this guy who's like, he's so, he, he yeah. can just hear anything and play it. Yeah. But, you know, like, and he says to Arlen Roth, he's obviously over there having a fag or something. <laughs> and Arlen's probably going, God damn it, that's an E9. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was so good. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, 
But um, yeah, so it's um, yeah. Listen to him. So I love, I do love tellies. Um, mm. Really great guitar. I love the clar- I love any guitar really that has clarity. Yeah. I love, I love guitars that have that. Um, even Les Pauls. And I lo- mm. again, I love, say love a lot, but I do love my Les Paul. <laughs> I find that diff- difficult to get on with my Les Paul because of its size and its weight, but. But gigging, it's always fantastic. Oh, it's a sound. Yeah. It's just a, especially if you have a yeah. Marshall, a crank Marshall angle. Far out. Band. That's just uh, then you watch some it's white snake videos. It's just like yeah, <laughs> it's just a weapon of Actually, rock, you know. Probably both Les Pauls and Tellys, I guess they're the kind of guitars where there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, I reckon that's one, right. Yeah, like technique and yeah, fluff notes or something. That can yeah. No, yeah, the uh, so, strats are a bit like that too. So that I think anytime the single in. coils, anytime there's single coil or that that sort of, I think you're right. Uh, Less with strats for me, but tellies are definitely like in yeah. your face. This they are brutally honest. Pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I guess yeah, because I grew up playing a lot of country stuff, so it'd be yeah, a okay. Tele with a compressor and a yeah, yeah, a clean amp. And Definitely yeah. nowhere to hide. <laughs> the compressors are nice, though. I remember, I remember, I was playing one day. Oh man, how do these guys get the sound so smooth? And then I read somewhere, yeah, yeah compressor. And I was just going, oh, this is so good. <laughs> like, you just, it's just like this is easy now. Yeah, you know, especially um, like hybrid picking, chicken picking stuff. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. And the double stop vents and that. When I say easy, it's. I you know I hear oh, guys. One of my favorite guitar players is uh, Brent Mason. He yeah. did that uh, oh, smoking sweet. section album. Again, that's just really dangerous guitar playing and there's little areas I love I love the there's little areas where it's not perfect but that kind of makes it even more amazing like he's left that in there and he's played 10 million notes and there's a couple in there you kind of go it's not there but I he's obviously gone that's 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 what it is. You know, that's incredible. It's sort of, I, I can't, it's slight imperfections that make it yeah. so good because yeah. when you, particularly in the metal world yeah. and in the, and uh, in the, uh, in the newer jazz world, all the virtuosos that you hear, you'd never hear a mistake. No, it's t- almost too perfect. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of dehumanized yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I love, I love hearing just that little bit of edginess there. Like it's almost going to lose it. But they don't, and yeah. it's like that to me is yeah. so exciting when you hear those improvisations. Well, it gives it a character, gives it a it does, it gives yeah. it something, and it gives it something unique because you know it's going to be different next time. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. But that record, like saying there's a mistake on it, is being a bit silly. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like God, if, if so it take me ten lifetimes to play anywhere close to that, you know. Actually, have you seen the, the players DVD? No, I haven't seen that it's, one. Um, Brent Mason, a bunch of Nashville session guys. Oh, okay, yeah. Doing a concert like a small. TV studio type setup. Is is uh, um, and they get a few guest singers. Yeah, who else? Who else is playing on that? Um, is uh, is um, because I have oh, seen some of those compilation ones. I look it up. It's um, what's the the tall bass player guy? Uh, God, what's his name? Oh, Pino Palladino. <laughs> I don't know. No, the- oh, I love Pino. <laughs> yeah. He's just a, he's he's tall, isn't he? He's a bass player. <laughs> I don't know. Could be Lee Sklar. <laughs> you know. Um. I saw one with Danny Gatton, Vince Gill. Was it Vince Gill? Yeah. Vince yeah. Gill's, like Vince Gill's country, a beautiful yeah. guitar player. Wow. Yeah. So different to Brent Mason. I think they yeah. actually like really around cool. Nashville. Like they just yeah. to get together and jam. 
Um, There's a lot of good players around Nashville. Good. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> this is riveting uh, oh, yeah. so, radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Alex, tell us about uh, the yeah. phone you're looking at. Um, on, the, on the extra DVD, Peter Frampton, oh. Vince Gill and Travis Tritt are guests. Oh. Um, Eddie Byers. Mike, Michael Rhodes is a bass player. I was thinking okay, about. yeah. And Brent Mason. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Brent Mason. He's there. Yeah. yeah, but I think they actually a gig ran in Nashville just for, for fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. And they do a bunch of instrumental tracks, but there's a, yeah. a couple of um, guest singers. And yeah, oh, that sounds like great, a great thing. Mm. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's cool. But, um, yeah, so guitar-wise is about it. I've got a Mate in 808 player's choice, um, which is a beautiful uh, acoustic, acoustic that I yeah. use. Yeah, really, really nice. That was a... Um, something I bought off a friend of mine so it was quite a special guitar um, and just a couple of sevens yeah that's it that's about it really but uh, and the strat so but yeah so it's good yeah. have, you, have you ever tried just because I got asked because it's in my opinion the, the manliest guitar for all yeah. jazz masters have you ever tried well funny <laughs> you should say a student of mine at JMC have one and I I um I tuned it for it to get it because it wasn't going to tune or whatever. Or I was checking out the action on it because you've it got to set him upright. That's sort of yeah, thing. yeah. If it has a chain and thing, I said, "God, this is a really nice feeling guitar." Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was ergonomically great. Isn't it? It's great. Yeah, really, really good. Just the thing I really always but liked. But the word "manly" didn't come to mind. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I don't know. It's just I've 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 gone through so many guitars over the years. I mean, that's yeah, not necessarily yeah. a jazz master, but no, the but shape it's it's very ergonomic. It's, um, the cool. idea is that you can, it 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 sits well while you sit down. Yeah, but like, also while you stand up. Ergonomically, even if you don't play it, just sit on your lap. It's kind of. I mean, that's, oh, that's, a, that's a What's this thing? It's a parts one from parts Warmoth. Oh. Um, body and neck. Um, that's it. Yeah. strings is clean, but um. Because um, I mean, yeah. to me, that that's a, a, I always want to. I never quite liked oh. the guitar guitars I had. Um, um, humbucker guitars. There was always something about them. I wanted something a bit more single coil, but then I played tellies and I played strats, and I kind of went, "Oh, it's too single coil." And then I found the Jazzmaster. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's I too thin do. and stuff. Yeah. And then P90s were sort of a completely different worlds. But then you that's get beautiful. the Jazzmaster and yeah, and. Man. To me, that was just that it has that single coil, but it, it's not so honky and not yeah. so thin. It has yeah. that body and weight to it. Yeah, yeah. and it's I, I think I played um, the manliest of all the guitars. last <laughs> the vinyl show I played. Um, the other guitar player in the in the band, um, Pete, he's got a, quite a collection of guitars, and um, he lent me his a custom. Les Paul P90 loaded custom okay. for the vinyl section of the show because yeah. it's a black one like Mark McKenzie used to use. Yeah, and man, through the Vox, that was mm. killer. Those pickups are huge. P90s, yeah, exactly like you're saying, like like a like a giant single coil, big so single coil, heaps yeah. of clarity, mm. huge bottom end, but not 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 ice picky, not sizzly or or. Um, but see, that's Jazzmaster pickups again are different because they're not P90s. They're yeah. like their own sort of pickups, so yeah. they're a little bit different again to. To P90s, mm. so I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, you know, just well, yeah. Well, well you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, very comfortable. So 
When was that? So you know you're getting old when you're talking about comfort. Comfort, yeah. 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 So, but, well, but I can't blame all those Paul because yeah. You know, and when you're, back, young, my, when you're younger, it's like my hips out every time. Yeah, physio. Remember, late high school had a guitar teacher. And, um, we used to go watch him play gigs. Kind of thing. And he was a massive Van Halen fan. Oh yeah. And got the um, PB Wolfgang. Yeah, 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 out. yeah, yeah. And um, it's like, because he used to be a country player too. Yeah. And he's like, it's just like a big fat telly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of was. Because of the clarity, yeah. 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 Oh, they were very cool guitars. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, really good. Fun. But um, yeah, gear-wise, pretty boring, I guess. I'm not a collector at all, so. No, but it's pretty Just get good. stuff that works and um, mm. and just try and play the hell out of it. So yeah. That's, yeah. You know. that's what it's all about in here. Yeah. I mean, there's people like me who collect a lot of stuff and can't play most of it. So. No, no. <laughs> I find that hard to believe, yeah. So... And sort of who 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 are I mean we sort of touched on that already but yeah who was sort of the the, the, the heroes you looked who was sort of the guitar heroes in your day in uh, your, when you growing yeah, up and when I was growing up uh, definitely we used to buy mum used to buy me these old enough you guys wouldn't remember tapes for a start but no no I remember uh, tapes tapes, I was, uh, I was, tapes well, uh, <laughs> I'm a child of the eighties they used to be uh, they used to put out a lot of those guitar greats tapes which are like B sides okay clip. Uh, Beck, uh, Clapton, Page, yep, Big Billy Brunsey, you know, all of these guitar mm. legends of, of that era, you know, the previous two decades sort of thing, all on these B-sides on these tapes. Okay. And um, so I used to listen to them a lot. Mum bought me, you know, um, Aldi Miola's uh, uh, is electric, electric Gypsy or El- what's the, what's the, what was his big record he had? He released when he was about, I don't know, five or something he, he was he was a remarkable guitar player oh, and he is now um like he's what he did people forget he was like 19 when he was with chick career and stuff like that right. yeah. you know like and that les paul straight into a marshall on the plexi that's not that dirty yeah. and every note is just like exploding out of the yeah. air it's like mclaughlin you know hearing that yeah. early mclaughlin intermounting flame and stuff like that it's so heavy it's no. just full no. on, unbelievable. But the only the only Aldi Miola albums I ever got into were the I always called the Three Amigos, where it was oh, him and yeah. McLaughlin and oh Papa no, Delicia, yeah, the, no, the guitar trio, the guitar yeah, trio. Yeah. The, I, I always called it Three Amigos. Yeah, I saw them at Festival Hall. Oh wow, really? Three. It was my first ever concept. Because that's was a that's trio. amazing guitar like, player. Amazing. And Steve Morse, yeah, Steve yeah. Morse was on that tour with them, oh, opening, wow. opening the show for them, and then came on for the big jam at the end. Wow. It was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That Festival Hall in the city in 1983. Right? I was in grade what 10. Was your first concert? Concert? Yeah. Like big proper concert or just like small bands and stuff? Well, actually, first sort of, <laughs> I, I went, uh, you can, and you can watch it actually, or you can watch it on YouTube. This is when I was still in Austria. Yeah. We went, there's every year in Austria, there's, uh, in Vienna, there's, uh, there's a Danube, the river that goes through it, and I don't know if it's still going, but there's a uh, in the middle. There's a the Danube Island, yeah. it's called, and they have a big music festival there. And the first one I went to, um, we went to see Falco. Yeah, yeah. And lightning hit the stage. Oh, all right. But they filmed it, they televised it, so you can watch that show. It just was bucketing yeah. down, and lightning hit the stage, and all the lights went off, everything went off, and they all went was, off. But then it came Falco's back on. Big hit it was the commissar. Was it the commissar? That was yeah, one, and, yeah. and rock me Amadeus. That was yeah, the other. Yeah, that's one. it. Yeah. 
<laughs> he was, you know, he was Austrian, and yeah. I was, I was young. This was in mid. I was young. That's right. It was, it was the eighties. Should, should I mention it was yeah, the eighties? It was. Yeah. That sort of stuff was cool then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and we went. And yeah, so you can watch it on YouTube. You can wow. watch it. It's uh, yeah. the. Uh, it's called Dorna Insel, as in yeah. Daniel Island. Yeah. And it was mid eighties. Yeah. yeah, that was sort of the first. Yeah. First, and I was—I mean—it's a big festival, yeah. and I think it's still—they're still doing it. Yeah. And there's oh. always big acts playing. And yeah. No, Robert Plant was another one I saw in mm. 1983 as well at the um, at Festival Hall. Oh that, wow! And that uh, Principal of Moments tour he did, you know, when he had the—I don't know if you guys remember—it was his first time he did after Zeppelin. Right. And oh, Bob, okay. uh, Rob, Bobby Blunt was playing guitar. I don't know if you guys know him, English guitar player, straight mm. cleanest. Most pristine, crystalline strat sound you've ever heard. Unbelievable. Yeah, right. And if you hear the recordings, you'll go, oh, it sounds like he's just, it was like that live. So if you listen to Big okay. Log or anything like that, I'm in the mood for a melody. That guitar tone is unbelievable. He's a fabulous guitar player, like really quite unique. Yeah. yeah right. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, what was your, well, now that everyone's, what was yours? <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty sure it was Jose Feliciano. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. In Toowoomba. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Was, was that to that mid nineties? Fourteen, serving ninety six. I something? saw that tour at the yeah. Tivoli. He's yeah, one right. of my favourite players as well. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember him being really, really young, funny too. Young people. Yeah. <laughs> Big funny guy, crack, cracking jokes for yeah. his songs and stuff. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there was one joke where he goes. Yeah, we only just made it today because we uh, had stuff for gas and the, the, the attendant gave me a dirty look, but I didn't give a shit because I couldn't see him anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wrote Affirmation, um, that, that sure. hit that George Benson had. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's a formidable guitar player, has a Feliciano. Yeah. A lot of people sort of didn't think about him that way because he was such a pop star, you know, had such massive success, but he was great. As good as any guitar player. It was huge in Europe. Yeah, yeah. it was very big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Was, my mum, my mum always really liked him. Actually, yeah. I remember the first time I heard Zeppelin was in 1982. Mm. And the first Zeppelin song I heard was Black Dog, and I remember that sound like talking about Eric Johnson before, yeah. like hearing that hearing Robert Plant sing by himself, and then the band come in with that you know pagey sort of really metallic fuzzy sort of tone, there, yeah. and the, just the sound. It's, yeah. I, I was like, like for, I remember days afterwards just going, like just still trying to get my head around what <laughs> I just heard. Like there was something that was such, such a deep effect. Well, I mean, it, it, was, that's, it's, it was such a different, uh, I mean, I, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. I grew up in the 80s basically and, and, and I wouldn't consider myself that old, but I mean, we do. We do have you. Do. Thanks. No, but you know what I mean. It was such a. Di- I start sounding like like an old fart, but yeah. it was such a different time back then. Yeah. A lot of these things, no one's ever done before. Yeah. Now you can't almost take it for granted. Now you want to know what gear they use and what they use at the recording. It's yeah. probably a YouTube clip on it. Yeah. And people trying to recreate it or a rig yeah. rundown or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But a lot of times back then you hear things and. Um, you were so removed from it. Mm. You just go, well, how the hell did they Especially do that? In Australia. Yeah. And it's, well, I mean, I was. It was different for me in Europe, but I mean, in Australia, probably even more. Mm. You're so removed from it, and you have no idea what's going on, and and you can't go to YouTube and check. Mm. You know, and it's, yeah, it's this. A lot of people don't real, especially younger kids. Don't, oh, they don't, can't. They, they can't don't possibly understand what, what it would like. be like. Yeah, to to sort of not have <clears> that. You know, that that ability to be able to just 
basically find anything about anything anytime you know it's funny actually i mean just on the on the getting old um and jimmy page and robert plant um one of my guitar students is a few this is probably over 10 years ago now 10 years ago something like that uh we were talking about the unleaded yeah yeah did, yeah, you know, yeah later on and um he was really right into it and, and i said oh i've got the i've got the concert on, on video i'll bring it in and I brought it in, and it was on a VCR. Yeah. And I gave it to him, and he kind of looks at it. And he goes, "What's, what, <laughs> what's this?" <laughs> and I was, "Oh, it's a, it's a VCR. It's a yeah. cassette thing." And he goes, "What do you do with this?" Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're in trouble if you go. Yeah, That's when you know you're old. VCR. It's, it was better. You know, it, it had just a bit of warmth to the vision. And it's like, no, it didn't. It's just, it's no, it's a beautiful warmth. It, yeah. it had warmth to it, man. Yeah. Like you can't it just digitally can't, can't replicate it, man. All the yeah. yellows were blown out. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, no. And you, you know, you watch a video better. 247 <laughs> times, and then you get the beautiful snow effect. Yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Because yeah. uh, I grew up in. You know this, but I grew up in a small country town out west. Yeah. So, um, there was like one shop had CDs <laughs> when they were when they were released, but most yeah, like younger bought cassettes and stuff. Yeah. And then yeah, through high school CDs were a thing. Yeah. So and then, but the first festival I went to, we had to go on holidays to the coast. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> first festival I went to was um. Blues Fest in Byron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of early, mid-high school or something. Yeah. And um, the headline was ZZ Top. Wow. Right. So, that would have been good. Yeah, coming from this little country country town kids, like, yeah. you kick drum and change your pulse. Yeah. In the back of the tent. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I remember that feeling at first concerts, hearing that sub, that kick drum, being frightened by it, going, oh. <laughs> and then, then it's that like a dream. Then it's like yeah. this exhilarating experience. So. Most turbo sound flood, flood light boxes you can find in the southern hemisphere or something, and yeah. put them on a stage and just <laughs> whack, whack it up. Yeah, yeah. Mountains yeah. of crown amps, behind. Guys, I think I'm gonna have to. That's cool. That's all good. That's all good. We've got we've got tons now. We we, we keep we keep yapping on anyway. Well, right. thank you so much for coming. Oh, such a pleasure. Thanks yeah, for having a chat, a, and yeah. we'll do some videos. We'll, yeah. we'll sort out what we're gonna do and do some yeah. videos and stuff. And and because uh, everyone out there, you need to see Simon play because there's someone who can actually play. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't feel like it, but anyway, I know how much I love it. That's for sure. That's the most important. That's part. Yeah. Um, um, is there any like particular like a website or anything you want people just like, to, like, you can uh, yeah so all all of my stuffs uh, on Spotify so okay. Simon Gardner guitarist um, all my albums are there five albums and uh, yeah I'm usually just on Facebook, Facebook. or simongardnermusic.com.au I will yeah. put links below just yeah. maybe even just text me through a bunch of yeah, whatever links you want me to yeah. put in the show because yeah and then I'll just put it up and yeah, then cool. people can, can find you and right. check things out but yeah thank you so much for coming in such a pleasure guys yeah and, really and, appreciate um, it yeah, yeah. Cool. awesome see you soon see you next time yeah <laughs>